Hi and welcome to the first one of these gatherings where we come together virtually and uh, on the YouTube channel for Harrow Baptist Church and uh, as we seek to negotiate this period uh, of the coronavirus and we uh, seek to remain together being a church when we're not actually able to meet as a church and one of the vital aspects of the life of our church is that we like to teach the scriptures and so today is sort of the first time to do this i'm very very new to this sort of whole setup of cameras and whatever in front of me and if you've been around the church long enough you know that i go wandering so uh, hopefully we will be able to get through this and that i won't kind of just disappear off the screen like this all the time and as i get over excited so let's just take a moment to be still and I'll, then I'll read some scriptures together which I think sort of are very relevant for us today in this season and uh, we will then take it from there. Some words from the book of Psalms. Psalm 137 By the rivers of Babylon There we sat down and there we wept When we remembered Zion On the willows there We hung up our harps For there our captives asked us for songs And our tormentors asked for math Saying, sing us one of the songs of Zion how could we sing the Lord's song in a foreign land? If I forget you, O Jerusalem, let my right hand wither. Let my tongue cling to the roof of my mouth if I do not remember you. If I do not set Jerusalem above my highest joy. Remember, O Lord, against the Edomites. The day of Jerusalem's fall, how they said, tear it down, tear it down, down to its foundations. O daughter of Babylon, you devastator, how shall they be who pay you back what you have done to us? Happy shall be they who take your little ones and dash them against the rock. Father God, help us to hear your word for us today in some of the stranger words of the scriptures as well as some of them more familiar. In Jesus' name, Amen. On March the 16th, 2008, uh, I was preparing to be the visiting speaker in a church and I picked up an answer machine message from the local BBC radio station asking if I was willing to be interviewed about the church which was burning down in my village. At this stage I was on the other side of the country and I had no idea what was going on back at home. Was this some kind of joke? Was, my, was it my church that was burning down? Or, or was it the Church of England church on the other side of the village? You know, uh, 
was I going to have to cancel my speaking engagement and go home? And if I did that, what would be the point? What good would I be over there when there's a fire going on? And uh, I tried ringing several members of the church, but they were all engaged. Well, of course they were. They were all ringing each other, talking about the church that was burning down in the village. And uh, eventually I got hold of someone, and it turned out to be the local parish church. And the fire, which had been started quite deliberately in the middle of the night, had been burning for quite some time before anyone discovered it. And the church was more or less utterly destroyed by the fire. It was reduced to a shell. And a few days before that fire, I'd led a Churches Together led study group in their church hall. And we had been looking at different journeys people had made in the Old Testament. And that evening we had reflected on the journey into exile, which in hindsight felt strangely appropriate. For now this church was about to become a community in exile. And yes, I know, I know, I know, the church is the people, not the building. I get that. But it was still a huge loss to these people. It was devastating to lose their building. It was a devastating loss for the whole community, whether they had ever worshipped there or not. They were suddenly ripped out of what they knew, and they had to find new ways of doing everything. And yet, in odd ways, in time, they noticed that there were answers to prayers in there. They had been praying for some time about ways in which they could connect with the community on the other side of the village. And the fire was what caused them to actually move there for at least a period of time. So I find it odd when I noticed the connection of dates this week, just this morning. For on the 16th of March 2020, as coronavirus continued to spread right across our population, the government announced new emergency measures, including that we should avoid all unnecessary social contact. They listed in the announcement uh, specifically theatres, pubs and clubs. And at first there was a bit of discussion amongst me and my friends and her ministers, does that include churches? And later, when Matt Hancock made his announcements or statement to the House of Commons, it became clear that yes, it did. And the next morning, on Tuesday, the Baptist Union of Great Britain advised us to cease, cease meeting for public worship until advised by the government that it was safe to return to do so. Hence, meeting like this. And just like that, a practice which was so much part of our lives, perhaps which had been part of our lives for pretty much all of our lives for some of us, had just come to an end. After sending out the information to you that uh, about how we were going to have to cease meetings. Some of you have contacted me to say what a sad day or sad time it was. And I've got to say, I'm with you in that. 
I really am with you in this. On Monday evening, as I digested the news and thought about the implications of what was emerging at Westminster, I felt pretty desolate. I was at a complete loss as to what I was supposed to do and where to go from here. And as I've shared with ministerial colleagues over the last week or so, a number of them have commented about feeling overwhelmed, heartbroken, of being in tears. And for many of us, that act of coming together for public worship, it's not just something we do. It's a big part of who we are. We maybe even didn't realise just how big a part it was until it was gone. Don't it always seem to go that you don't know what you've got till it's gone? And we have a bond or a connection with the people who gather here and it's a huge wrench to be cut off from that community. We are a people in exile. It feels like the experience of exile. We're cut off from what we know. So much of what we've taken for granted so much, it's so different from anything we have experienced before. And how do we live in that new reality? That's the question. I don't think it's just Christians who are going through that feeling. I think I've encountered it in pretty much every person I have spoken to this week. What does it mean? How do I live? Or as the Christians put it as part, this is part of our forming story. The people of Israel and their experience of exile is part of our story. We're asking questions about how we live in the light of the circumstances in which we find ourselves. Or, in their words, how do we sing the Lord's song in a strange land? And that was what those people were feeling. It was about 600 years before Jesus came into the world. A king called Nebuchadnezzar conquered Jerusalem. He utterly destroyed the city. He raised their temple to the ground. He took most of the most important and influential people away with him. And he ran off with the, with the artifacts from their temple. And it was a people who were cut off from everything which gave them their identity. Their land, their kingdom, their temple. All just gone like that. And it was not, and, and as is normal with the way we face such loss, there was anger, there was sorrow, there was confusion, there was a lot of tears. And some of them felt like giving up. They hung up their hearts. And quite often people will gloss over those last few verses. And I've left them in there quite deliberately. And I can't imagine any of our worship books containing verses like about seizing infants and dashing them on the rocks. It would certainly go against any child protection policy we have and stuff like that. But this made it into their book, Not because it was a right or good thing to feel, but because it was honest. And God can handle your honesty. God can handle your honesty. So yes, like me, you might have felt this week a sense of loss, or anger, or hurt. That's perfectly normal. 
It means that you, what you've lost is, was important to you. It mattered. You might not even have realised how much it mattered until now. And if that's where you still are, that's okay. It's okay. It's normal. How we feel and how we grieve cannot be rushed. And no one should rush it. And if it all feels a bit confusing, trust me, you are not alone. You're not alone. Pretty much everyone is waking up at the moment. But right now, you are with loads of brothers and sisters around this country who are all asking the same question. How do we live in the light of this experience? How do we continue to sing the Lord's song in this strange setting? But here's the good news. They did learn how to sing the Lord's song in that strange land. If anything, exile was the making of that people. They discovered what was truly important of them. Most of the scriptures that we have today was compiled in the period of exile. It was an exile where they truly meant or truly discovered what it meant to be the people of God. Not in the promised land, in exile. And I don't know how long this season of exile is going to last for us. But let's not just make it be about waiting till it's over. This can be a season which shapes us and forms us. It's a season when we discover what is truly important. Adversity can be a time of creativity as by necessity we need to find new ways of doing stuff. Perhaps leave behind old ways of doing stuff. That's what makes it so appropriate that this season of exile arises in Lent. And some of those changes may not just be in us as a church, it might be in you as an individual. You might discover a new practice, a new way of praying. You're in a period, you may be in a period of isolation, of self-isolation. And you're really in a loose hand. And maybe you want to discover something new. Something that deepens your relationship with God. And some of the changes you make and some of the changes we make might last beyond this present crisis. And they might make us a better faith community in the future. Right now, I'm working through a number of ideas of how we stick together. This speaking to a camera is just one of them. But right now, please look out for one another. Because even if you're stuck at home, socially distancing, don't just socially distant. Distantly socialise. Ring one another. Talk to one another, pray with one another, pray for one another. It is a dark season, and if you feel sadness or lostness, that's normal. But the church with which I started, you know, the one that burnt down to the ground and was totally destroyed, it was rebuilt. 
It wasn't completely finished by the experience of exile. And it's not the end for us. In this season of Lent, I remind you that we are on a journey towards resurrection. Another part of our founding story is about a group, is about a group of disciples who were utterly bewildered because they'd lost everything they'd worked for for years. As they watched Jesus be rejected and betrayed and denied and crucified and killed. Death. Gone. Finished. And then they found it wasn't over. That suddenly their sorrow was turned to joy by the experience of resurrection at the news of the angel. He is not here. He is risen. So yeah, I'm sad. But it's not over. It's raining. But I'm tracing the rainbow through the rain. Because I'm also hopeful. My prayer from Monday before the announcements that came from Parliament included some words from Psalm 106. Save us, O Lord our God. Gather us back from among the nations so that we can thank your holy name and rejoice and praise you. Praise the Lord, the God of Israel, who lives from everlasting to everlasting. Let all the people say Amen. Praise the Lord. So save us, O Lord, as we go through this season of exile. But I am looking for the day when we are gathered back together, when we realise that for all our foibles and all the ways we rub each other up the wrong way, we actually missed each other. And may we truly celebrate the end of exile, being back together, Grace and peace be with you.